very rarely do we challenge actually is our reflection, is our memory of that experience true and accurate? Hello and welcome to the Lead with Purpose podcast, created to help you achieve the success and fulfillment you're seeking, not only in your job, but across all aspects of your life. Each episode will be using the expertise of Rob Cross, founder of The Purposeful Leader and creator of The Three Questions Approach. Rob will be sharing in-depth knowledge on how you can unlock your full potential. My name is Louise van der Vestesen and as the co-host of the Lead with Purpose podcast, it is my task to help extract all the helpful insights and practical learnings from Rob and hopefully ask all the questions you, the listeners, want to know. In this episode, we want to explore how the story you are holding onto can impact your life. Luckily, as always, we have Rob here to guide us through decoding our stories. Hi, Rob. Hi there. So, firstly, can you just explain to us what do you mean by our stories? All of us have experiences throughout our lives, all the way from you know, the moment we're born through our life today. We've, we have experiences that have shaped us. The interesting thing, though, is that those experiences whilst being very real in the moment, actually get stored as, uh, as memories in, in our minds, you know, and we reflect back on them. But very rarely do we challenge, actually, is our reflection, is our memory of that experience true and accurate? And, and as a simple example of that, my wife, um, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, is, is afraid of spiders. You know, and she has a, a distinct story from when she was younger that there was a spider on her bed and she woke up and she was only a young girl, woke up and, and screamed and you know, dad came rushing in, etc., etc. You talk to her sister about the same story and her sister has a completely different memory of it. Yeah. The, the, the spider wasn't on her bed, it was on her sister's bed in a different room. <laughs> you know? And so the, the point is, is we all have these stories and, and they shape us for who we are today, whether it's being afraid of spiders or something deeper, but very rarely do we actually challenge what those stories are and more importantly, the interpretations that we hold about them. And, and what I see, especially through a lot of my work with leaders, leadership teams, and even in organisations, is that there are stories that we hold on to that actually don't necessarily help us or there is a different way of interpreting them to, interpreting them to help us be far more effective and to, to you know, what I call you know, increase the value that we add whilst achieving the fulfilment that we're seeking. So how might people be holding on to these certain stories and beliefs? Yeah, so, so unfortunately, this is where the challenge comes in, is that the stories are quite unconscious. Yeah. yeah. People will say to me, oh, where did you grow up in Australia? And I'll give a story about where I grew up in Australia and you know, what I did as a young child and, and, and then where I grew up when I went to university and, and there'll be a whole story of Rob Cross. And, 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 and because I know this, I've been really clear about interpreting my story and challenging it and, and using it to define who I am today. But actually, we don't do that. We just have a story and have a bunch of memories that we never really challenge. And so for me, you know, the, the, the core essence of this topic is getting back to this piece around actually what are the stories that we're holding on to and how effective are they at helping us achieve the stuff that we really want and, and, we, and we need to, 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 to um, feel fulfilled, if that makes sense. I mean, do you have any kind of client examples of a story someone's been holding on to and, you know, how it helped them unlock that story? Yeah, I, I mean, it, I had a really interesting experience the other day, actually, where 
I was meeting somebody for the first time. It was over um, over Microsoft Teams, so you get this sort of window into their lives, and they had this wonderful bookshelf uh, bookshelf behind them. And, and I'm a lover of books. You know, anybody who comes to my house um, will know that I've got thousands of books, yeah. and um, all of which I've read. And, and it's a core thing for who I am. Yeah. And I said, oh, wow, you've got some really interesting books here. And then within sort of two questions, they were revealing to me, well, they didn't go to university and they sort of feel like the books are an overcompensation for not having that. Interesting, you know, isn't it? And I sort of went into this really interesting place. And, and we ended up in this sort of strange conversation um, about the, what they were holding on to about that belief, even though they were in their 50s, yeah. about not having gone to university and how that was impacting them and had impacted them throughout their entire life. It was a major life. factor to them. Absolutely, absolutely. And so rather than creating a slightly different belief around it in terms of knowledge and expertise and what they'd have achieved through their life, they were still holding on to this little sort of niggle yeah. of a story which was all about not having gone to university like many of their friends. And so these stories are very, very real and impact us in a very real way whether we're conscious of it or not. So how would you help us as individuals? Where we start in terms of looking about how, how to look into our own stories? When I start working with individuals using the sort of methodologies within the Purposeful Leader, I get them to focus on three things to, to really unpack these stories, uh, or, or three dimensions is a better way of, of talking about it. So the first thing we do is we take a look into the past. And now I'm not a psychologist or a psychotherapist or anything like that. And so my exploration of the past with an individual is just getting them to talk through all of the, the various experiences that they've had and to map those out in terms of the highs, the really positive experiences and the lows, the negative experiences. And then from that, what we do is we look for themes. We look for the, the themes of, of actually what really brings them alive, what gives them energy and, and, and helps them feel those things that I talk about, feeling fulfilled, etc. And what are the things that actually detract from that, that, that start to, to take them into a, a less positive place? What are the causes for that? What does that look like? And I never cease to be amazed that when you start to dig into that level, you see some real themes about who they are when they're at their best and what are the stories that are associated with that, and then also who they are when they're not at their best and what are the stories associated with that. And through, through that exploration, what I do is really challenge some of their interpretations around the past and the stories that we hold. You know, like my wife with yeah. the, the, the spider story, you know, what, what were the other interpretations? Who else has a view on that, etc.? Because when we really challenge that, we can start to challenge some of the underlying assumptions and beliefs that they're holding about who they are and what they're about. So that's the past. Then what we go on to is the present. And what I'm really curious about when working with people is what are they paying attention to in the present? But almost as importantly, what are they not paying attention to in the present? Okay. And so I can see people who get over fixated on certain elements of their experiences of the present, which means they blink at themselves to everything else that's going on. And so they become so fixated on certain facts that they ignore other things that are going on, other interpretations, other events, etc., etc. And unfortunately, when they do that, they then reinforce a certain perception of where they are and what's going on. So, as a quick example of that, I was working with a quite quite a senior leader in an organisation, who in the present they just felt like they were failing. And what was really interesting is that they were solely focused on the two out of the ten projects or big initiatives that they were leading 
that weren't going as well as the other eight and assuming that those two were defining who they were, you know, creating that sense of identity, that I'm a failure, I'm not good enough, etc., and ignoring the other all eight, the other you know, and all the other things that were, were really going well and actually were a better definition for who they are and, and refocusing them back on that, taking a look at the two that weren't going particularly well and starting to uncover why that was really helped them create a different perception of what was going on in the present. So past and then present. And the third element, and I appreciate this is, this is quite, a, quite a lot to sort of grapple with, is getting people to think about the full range of options as you think about into the future. And, and, and if you imagine time is not linear, you know, in the past we've got multiple different definitions of what our experiences were. In the present, we've got different range of things that we're paying attention to, how conscious we are. And in the, in the future, we've got a full-blown range of options, different things that we could focus on. And often what people do is assume that the past has a definition, the present has a reality, and the future has a straight line. And actually what we can do is we can get really broad in terms of the full range of options of all the things that we could do from this present moment to achieve whatever we're seeking to achieve. So I appreciate that that's quite deep and there's a lot in there, but past, present, and future. Okay, so maybe we, if we have a little, little look more past, maybe some more examples of kind of clients where you've helped find something within their past that's shaped them. My career has been in the working for big corporates, you know, and in that you do a lot of things like talent reviews. So years and years ago, I was in, so involved with conducting a talent review. Basically, you look at all the people in the organisation or in a subset of the organisation and you plot them on different charts and different things and look at what's their potential performance, etc. Where else could we deploy them? And in this conversation, it's really interesting that um, there was a certain individual and they've described, oh yeah, you know, 18 months ago, this individual was a real high flyer, high performer, great high potential, could see them as real talent, you know, had lots of asp- um, beliefs about where they could go to. But something's happened and they're off the boil and they're just not performing very well anymore. And, and my ears pricked up in that moment. I went, well, what happened? Yeah, well... <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, they just, we're not sure, just went off the boil. Well, that doesn't just happen. Something must have triggered that. What was it? Well, we don't know. No, no one's ever asked. Okay, so we've got somebody who is a real high performer, high potential individual, and now they're not, and you're basically dismissing their, their future and we haven't asked what triggered that, you know, that doesn't just... And they were obviously able to perform before, so they can get back up there somehow. Absolutely. So let's. So after the session, uh, I went out and found this person and I had a chat to them, just got to know them. Hey, listen, you know, I didn't tell them that, you know, this is the interpret the, the perception of them and just had a chat to them and said, oh, you know, tell me about your career. Let's go into the past, tell yeah. me what's happened, etc. And it turned out, that they'd been given a really bad piece of feedback about 12 months ago and had broken their confidence. They went from believing that they were fully capable, they were on top of the world, etc., to a place where actually they didn't believe in themselves anymore and it, and it quite literally broken their confidence. They'd gone to, to become a shadow of them for themselves. Awful. And, and what was really interesting in exploring this with this person is that I started asking them about the feedback, how valid they thought it was. Well, you know, Robert, doesn't matter that it was feedback from a more senior person. And I asked them a simple question because it struck me that the interpretation of that feedback was breaking them. It just wasn't at all healthy. And I said to them, um, 
how much respect do you have for that person who gave you the feedback? And I went, very little. Right. So how valid do you think that feedback was? Well, I think there was elements of it that were probably true, but I think they were really trying to cover their back for the mistakes they made yeah. and I was the fall person. Right. And we just kept down that path. And the point was is that... Kind of unpicked it. Absolutely. Get them to interpret it differently. You know, they were the fall person for somebody else. That feedback was about that person covering their own backside yeah. and sacrificing this poor individual. And over time, getting them to reinterpret that, getting them to then focus on all the great things they were capable of, actually helped them rebuild their confidence to a place where actually in the present, they become a, a better version of themselves, You know, back to this more full potential self. And that's that piece around the past. These things can happen to us. And they can cause us to, to change our set of beliefs and, and, and who we believe we are and what we believe we're capable of that can really impact us. The more we can challenge them, the more we can start to challenge the underlying beliefs that are created. So we really have to kind of maybe talk this through with people, would you suggest? Like it's hard to maybe unlock your story on your own or...? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that I think that's true, albeit it's not, it's not impossible. And, and back to what I described earlier... You know, just going through the process of mapping out over a time period the highs and lows, which is a really simple task. On, yeah. a, on a piece of paper, put a, a line through the centre, you know, a horizontal line through the centre, and then just map out the highs and lows over a period of time and just look at the highs, look at the lows, and you'll be surprised at the various things in terms of your interpretations around them and look for the themes that really signify that. And for this individual, they looked at the thing, the, the thing that really triggered their low, you know, this piece of feedback, and we really challenged their interpretation of that. You know, I see other people um, who, when I do that exercise with them, they start to realize that the reason they had so many lows is that they were just in environments that they really didn't enjoy. Yeah. They're working in either solo roles or in teams that they just didn't particularly get along with or weren't effective with or on projects that, that weren't very good for them. Um, and then what that realises is that, well, actually, I just shouldn't work in those environments anymore because the highs, that's the place that I'm at my best, so I should focus more on that. Another thing I was thinking, and just thinking about my story, is, you know, if I maybe wrote down all of the things that I think I'm good at and the things that I don't think I'm good at, then that kind of opens up of why, you know, I've said to you before, like I, def I always thought I was a bad decision maker, but I'm quite strong in my thoughts on things, but it actually goes back to being a teenager and doing all these special tests. And I was great at reasoning, but then my decision making was really low. And that result from that one little test when I was maybe 14 has left me with this feeling that I'm a bad decision maker, but it's not necessarily the case. But I think maybe just me thinking what are my good traits what are my bad traits could maybe show a few things that might have my insecurities or my worries around yeah and and it's interesting because if you go right so you like all the rest of us make probably tens if not hundreds of decisions a day and through your life you know some of the small some are big now and if you were to map all of those out versus the rest of the population what's the percentage of your decisions that are bad decisions versus everybody else yeah. Yeah, and I know you. I work with you. I suspect very few. You know, and, of course. <laughs> and, and 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 the thing is here is that all of a sudden we hold a story. I'm a bad decision maker. So that means yeah. that you become more reluctant to make decisions, less confident in making decisions, 
and then you second guess yourself and then all of a sudden you start making bad decisions so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah it's supposed to go actually i make decisions every day and most of them are pretty good decisions yeah Yeah, that's right (laughs) You mentioned earlier an example of, you know, a present story, but have you got any other present stories? It's quite hard. I find it quite hard to think of present stories and understand what kind of stories I'm currently going through that I could unpick. I'll give you a, give an example, and this comes from a piece of coaching work that I was doing recently. Um, I was working with a, a particular individual and they an opportunity came up in their organisation. And interestingly, the criteria for that ruled them out instantly. So they looked at it and said, right, they're looking for this. This person, in my view, having got to know them and know the type of role, was ideal for it, perfect for it, in fact. Probably lacking a bit of experience, but they will end up doing that role at some stage. Yet they looked at it and instantly said, no, I couldn't do it because I've got these, I don't have these sets of experiences. And and I think that's one of the things that... um, uh, where what are we paying attention to? So we immediately look at the things that potentially rule us out as opposed to the things that might potentially rule us in. And so for me, when I, I with this individual, what I did is really get go focus on, let's, let's put the specification to one side. Let's look at what this role is really there to achieve in this organisation. Let's get focused on you know, what value it needs to add, the teams that it needs to work with and lead, you know, the influence, et cetera, et cetera. And now let's talk about you in that context. And, and, and what that did is it allowed them to start to pay attention to the things that actually meant they were a great candidate for the role rather than automatically eliminating themselves out. And they put themselves forward for it and, and, and went for it and, and the process is still ongoing. Oh, brilliant. Um, the other thing I was thinking, you were talking about future options. But I mean, as we were saying, it's such a big topic. Like what kind of options are we talking about? Are we talking about you know, things like promotions, like what, what are the things you'd get people to look at? Yeah, so when, when I think about the future, as I said, time is not linear. You don't just have this passing of time from the past to the future, past through to the present to the future. And, and I think what happens when people start considering their options for the future, they become quite restricted based on some of the stuff that we've talked about already, you know, the beliefs that they hold, the perceptions of themselves, etc., etc. And what that does is it causes them to become really quite limited in terms of what they perceive the options to be. And so what I'll do a lot when I'm working with people is throw the net really wide, you know, and um, if I think about it, somebody recently, I was doing a bit of career coaching with them because they were getting ready for the next transition and they just didn't know what they wanted to do. They just assumed it would be going for some promotion, but realistically, there were very few opportunities in their organisation. And so I said, right, let's go really wide. Well, you could quit and go out alone, start up your own company, you know, go independent, whatever that be. You could um, quit and go interim work, you quit and do contracting work, you could quit and um, go and work for somebody else. You could go for the obvious next promotion in your company. You could retrain. You could, you know, so we threw the net really Everything's wide. Everything's an option. Absolutely. And the point there was not to try and um, overwhelm them with options. It's more about stretching their perspective to see what actually is really attractive to them and what's not attractive to them. And also to consider which are the options that are mutually exclusive and which actually could overlap. So you could do multiple things at once, you know, the classic portfolio. 
And, and the wonderful thing about that, uh, that activity is it just forces you into a bigger space than what's the obvious. Well, you could do all of these range of things. Yeah. So why don't we just start you know, taking a journey to explore all of them and see what the options are. And if I give an example of that, in a recent um, piece of coaching work, I was, I was working with somebody in this, this context and they were stuck because they just didn't want to do what the obvious answer was. They just didn't know what the next answer would be. And so by throwing it open so wide, we started exploring all of it, holding each of them lightly, and then over time just whittled it down, whittled it down to the final three, where they said, actually, I could see myself doing one of these three. Well, now let's go really explore those and see what the true opportunities are within that. It's interesting, actually, one of the, um, one of the followers, after reading your blog, said that they were feeling stuck. And is it their story that's hindering them? I mean, obviously you would give them those, you know, the future kind of advice. Is that, is that what you would say? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, when I, when I work with people around this type of space, because the, the other, you know, if, you, if you've explored the past, you know what sort of beliefs and you've challenged those beliefs. You're in the present and really understanding what people are paying attention to and not. That gives you the basis for really exploring into the future. Now, the challenge with going to the approach that I'm endorsing around throwing the net so wide is it can feel really daunting because, I mean, people have mortgages, rents, you know, commitments that they need to pay for, you know, unless you're yeah, fabulously... Kind of constrained by certain things. Absolutely, yeah. Unless you're fabulously wealthy and money is not an object, which... Yeah, time. And... Yeah, that's right. Which then comes with other, other sets, of, <laughs> yeah. sets of challenges, don't get me wrong. It can feel really daunting to take some of these steps. And so one of the first things I get people to do is to think very practically about what are the requirements for the life that they have. So what do you need to live a comfortable life? So Because what, what that does is it gets them better defined in terms of actually for me to sustain the lifestyle and my commitment that I'm, I'm living and, and, uh, and have... I need this. Right, great. So that's one of the parameters we can use for exploring options. What are the other parameters? And that real practical side helps people get focused. The second thing we do is just then throw the net wide open and then start to rule things in or out very, very quickly. Could you ever see yourself doing that? What would that look like? How would you explore it? And then the, and then go through the process of really whittling that down. But the key of this real practical part up front eases some of the anxiety about, yeah, what would you do next? If I give a quick a quick example, over the years, um, you know, I've taken redundancy a couple of times and I've lot, supported a lot of people who have taken redundancy as well because it's a very daunting thing that for you to happen for you, to you, especially when it's unexpected. Yeah. And through the redundancy process, what I encourage them to do when they're thinking about future options is one, get really practical. How much money do you need to sustain your life? What are the other things you need to put in place to make sure that you've got the right protections around life? Then how could you earn an income? What are all the range of options? And then what's going to give you passion and purpose? Yeah. And actually through that journey, you start to see that is yes, it was terrible that this has happened, but it starts to become a real opportunity for you to refocus on the stuff that you really want to do in life. Yeah, yeah. it's funny, isn't it? Often redundancy gives people that moment, a bit of a like a safety net for a little while to really kind of you know, understand where they want to go and what they want to do. Absolutely. One of the one of the things I see is people panic and they leap into another job that's exactly yeah. the same and they're no more fulfilled. No, they're still stuck. They're, absolutely, they're still stuck. Yeah. yeah. 
and, and not using that opportunity, even for a moment, to think about the further options in terms of what they could achieve and where they would want to go. I think what's really helpful about how you explain everything is when you give certain stories and client actual experiences. Have you got any other story-focused success stories kind of thing that you can share with us? Because it just really helps bring it home in terms of understanding your story. Yeah, so I think if I, if I took the entire journey from the past to the present to the future, there was a particular individual that I, I was working with around coaching and they came, came to me recommended from a contact of mine who suggested actually, Rob, I think you're the perfect person to talk to them. We had a, a conversation and what struck me is they were, they were stuck. And, and, and I think a little worse than being stuck is that they were starting to go in a downward spiral. And so one of the things I look for when working with people is where's the direction of their energy? Uh, are they dwelling on the past? Are they fixated on the present? Or are they stuck in the future? And this individual was stuck sort of in a, in a doom loop around their present because actually they really weren't enjoying what they were doing and all their energy was going into the frustrations of their experience about the present as opposed to actually using that energy to properly explore the future. Now, part of the reason for that is because if we go back into the past, they had created certain sets of beliefs about who they were, how they needed to work, the type of role that they needed to have that meant they trapped themselves in a particular environment, both in terms of company, role, opportunities that were very rewarding for them. You know, they weren't, definitely weren't on the breadline, but actually became really suffocating to them in terms of, well, they've been doing it for years, they're successful, but actually they were just sort of losing any sense of purpose and, and pleasure around it. Yeah. And so what I did is, is go back into the past, look for the positives. What are the experiences that they've had? What does that tell them about who they are when they're at their best? Who are they when they're most alive, most energized? And then started to look into the present in terms of what's happening in their existing environment that um, they may be not paying attention to or paying too much attention to that's causing them to stay in this place. And, and what are the things that they could be paying attention to that would help them you know, move into a more positive place, create a different story for their existence. And then what we did is that we then started to look at the practicals, you know, what are the elements that would really define life? So we ease some of the anxiety around that and then throw the net really wide in terms of the full range of options. And we've been going on this journey of just really whistling those options down. And it's really interesting, the starting place for exploring those options is I got them to go out and have conversations with people of saying, what would you do if you got fired or got made redundant tomorrow? If you found yourself without a job, what would you do? And, and, and the first, uh, you know, the person sort of looked at me and said, well, I mean, why, why would I talk to people about that? I said, all you're doing is stretching your mind, stretching yeah. your perspective, creating a different story. Because at the moment, your story is one of misery and frustration. Let's take a story of misery and frustration, take all that energy and direct it into a story about opportunity and, and possibility. And, and that will help you. And what was really interesting is when they did that, I challenged them to go out and just have lots of conversations with people. People came back with all different things. And you know, some people said this and this and the classics. And you know, But a couple of people really made me think. 
And, and it was those people that we then started to explore what the options were, what was in those stories from those other people, the art of the possible, the people who had been made redundant and got off and done something really exciting, what was in that that excited him? And that's where we're at at the moment of, of using that sort of thought experiment to continually challenge well, what happens next and continue whistling it down. What's been fascinating is that the energy has gone from frustration to possibility and options. Yeah. And I love it the moment where he says, actually, no, Rob, I don't think we, I would ever do that. And it's for these reasons. Great. So what about these other things? Well, I could see myself doing that. I'm talking to this person about how we might partner on it, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just created this environment where actually you know, they're whittling it down, but they've got a few really great options. And you can see the energy in them as a result. A massive yeah. shift. Absolutely. But, but, it, but all of a sudden what you've created is you've taken the highs of the past, what's really kept them alive and energised in the past, brought it into the f- present and used it to shape the future. And that's where the past, present and the future really, really works around these stories. Okay, so people have to focus past, present, future. And basically anything is possible in terms of what you want to achieve. You just have to go for it a little bit. I feel like a lot of the people just hold themselves back a little bit. And, and that comes down to that sense of belief, the beliefs people are holding on to. Is it the number of people I meet that are, are not operating anywhere near their level of capability? And this is why I focus so heavily on potential. So they're stepping right back from the edge of the precipice in terms of what their true capability is, because they're in this lovely comfort zone, they're not pushing themselves out. And for that individual that I referenced, just having the conversation with people around this thought experiment of what would happen if you lost your job was was just uncomfortable for them. It was challenging for yeah. them. And so that forced them to actually go out and have conversations with people that would be different from the usual conversations they would have. Thanks, Rob. Well, thank you for all the insights. I kind of feel like it really brings to light um, as individuals, we're kind of holding ourselves back and we really doesn't need to be the case. We just need to make a conscious effort to understand our own narrative and we can dictate our actions to reach our goals. So all that's left to say is thank you for listening. We truly hope that this podcast has been helpful and insightful. Please like and share this podcast and look out for more episodes coming soon. If you want to know more about The Purposeful Leader, check out our page on LinkedIn for the latest blogs, videos and insights. Thanks for listening.